What up, Fatherhoods Nation? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. They've got ill creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all that. You can make a little paper from your podcast too with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child. And we're live. Yo. Yo, uh, episode five. The Fatherhoods uh, podcast. Actually, episode seven. Episode <laughs> no, yeah. this is episode seven, guys. <laughs> let's start over again. Let's start over. Again. Yeah, let's start over. <laughs> it's all right. I'm, I'm recording. I can edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> or not. Sorry, <laughs> right. we got. You keep we saying that. You know, actually, you know, real quick, we um, got daddy I mean, brains. You can edit this if you want to, but uh, it's funny because on the the last Drink Champs episode, was it Drink Champ? One of these episodes. A revolt on the YouTube version put everything before that we thought we were filming, where we were like they had the slate and we were like, oh, we got a slate now. Oh, shit. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, they put all of that. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> I mean, the the raw shit is kind of fly. Yeah, like, people like that. No, so, I know, but I did, we didn't know we were we were filming. But go ahead. All right, <laughs> so we're on. What's up, everyone? Episode what up, what up, what up? seven. Um. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I, I wanted to. I want to make two two notes before we okay. totally dive in. One is uh, my wife just heard episode one, and okay. uh, she liked it, by the way. But um, I felt like a dumbass because we were listening to it. She was listening to it, and then near the end of the episode, we're talking about when we were having, uh, you know, where we were when our kids were born. Yeah. And I said something about like just something to something about when he was born i'm like oh who is this guy you know uh you know it's because i've been you know hanging out with him in your belly for like 12 months and then she looked at me she goes what am i a dolphin in gestation for 12 months <laughs> she's like it's nine months <laughs> you know? oh i didn't even catch you saying 12 months <laughs> And I didn't even catch it right now. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you just said that she, you know, she's a mammal of it. She's like, not with a real name, but I didn't even catch the actual month being wrong. <laughs> so yeah, we're pros here. We know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, pregnancy is like, nine like months, we, not twelve months. Like we say at Drink Chance, it's drunk facts. So here it's I don't know what we would call this. <laughs> Called uh, Baba daddy, facts. Daddy, daddy brain facts. <laughs> my my wife actually brought up something as well. Like she was saying how. Uh, I can't remember which episode it was that we mentioned this, but we were talking about what happens when you go away for work or what oh, have yeah, you. Yeah. And uh, I missed this. I, I totally forgot about this. Um, so she was like in second or third grade and we were out in California and she like her teacher came to my wife and was like, look, your daughter's like suffering some anxiety in, in class. Like, is everything OK at home? And actually, no, she came and said, you know, I, I know your husband is traveling more often nowadays and she voiced that and and what so the teacher just took action she kind of incorporated like a monkey like a stuffed animal happened to be a monkey and that was something i would take with me you know it didn't happen often but i would take it with me on a trip 
and I would photograph the monkey like in whatever city I was in. So I would like like if I was in New York visiting, I would you know put the monkey somewhere that you knew it was New York and then snap a flick. And that was something that spanked the monkey. <laughs> See, I knew it was going wow. that. <laughs> I was thinking of that. Never mind. Nah, but it was, but it was cool because because yeah, to bring it, to reel it back in now. <laughs> Uh, so it actually worked and it worked very, really quickly. Cause I didn't get a chance to go on tour with him all that much, but, uh, it was, it was an interesting piece of, you know, experience that I forgot about. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. indeed. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Segway. <laughs> and yeah, then they, and then... I just expanded my screen and you guys are fucking the biggest talking heads right now. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and then the second thing. Um, so last episode, episode six, we had our first guest. So I want to shout out again to Static, Static Selective for joining yeah, us. Thank you for joining us. And yeah. then, and and I thought like so. For the most part, I'm guessing that most people who would listen to this podcast probably knows who our guests are. Um, and we didn't you really. Would, and we hope so. We would yeah. think so, yeah. But we didn't really do any kind of intro. We just kind of jump right in, and I'm. Um, kind of feel that's the way to do it anyway but but regardless you know just for people who know static is a pretty prolific producer dj been in the game for a minute and so i think um you know when we get into our guests maybe we probably should uh give a little a, a quick backstory and we have a guest today as well later on in yep, the show yep so we'll have another guest and hopefully we'll do a better job at a a quick backstory all right yeah that's all i got for announcements you, you got any any cleanups on your end, EFN? Um, of like feedback that that stuff has been wrong, <laughs> or or that you've said or you've misquoted yourself. Like I I totally forgot. I so. mean, remember I don't listen to the show, so I wouldn't know. Now the oh. only time I catch anything is if my girl's listening and I'm just you know within earshot of whatever she's. Listening. That's why I know um what she was listening to yesterday or today actually, um. No, I mean she just no, she hasn't really said anything that you know, and I haven't heard anything. I mean like I just think that it's important that we don't well, first of all, we should let people know, you know, the listeners. I mean, I don't know if legally we have to do this, but we are definitely not experts. In fact, we're doing this because we're not experts and we're trying to figure things out by talking to each other, which we were doing before we started the podcast and this is kind of the you know, the the reasoning or What's the what's the word that I'm looking the, for? The, the 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 yeah the reason why this even exists. It's not the word I was trying to look. <laughs> well, we know what you're talking about. Whatever. So um, the inspiration is what I was right. looking for. It's on me, my brother. Same uh-huh, thing. See, but uh, but yeah. So it's it's important that people know that we're not experts, so we're not liable if uh, don't stick up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you, if you put if you put your kid in bed without a diaper and you know yeah, there's a big mess, don't blame us. <laughs> we're just we're just passing along info. We're just trying to figure it out as well. So as a matter of fact, we encourage anybody listening to this to go on our Instagram or on our Twitter feed or hit us up individually um and let us know like what what they've what's worked for them, advice that they might have. Let's have a discussion about it cuz like I'm a, I'm a new father. You know, I have a baby. You guys have uh, children a little bit older, but I think we're all still learning as we go along, and it's important that it, we kind of build this community. That's the whole point of this. <clears throat> so I actually have a, a something to jump in with, and Manny kind of directed at you since you have um, an older 
daughter. She's 11, right? Yes, she's the elder. Right. Yeah, 11. Made so, it sound like Gandalf. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Which, how, by the way, she's, she's babysitting right now because my, my two-year-old is asleep and hopefully won't wake up, but she probably will soon. Nice. Nice. So your question, sir? Yeah, so, so it's really just kind of um, learning on my end to navigate through the changes of a child. Um, oh, God. Yeah, I'm just curious. I'm just curious, like, because, you know, like, we never went through terrible twos or any of that kind of stuff. But there was always, like, there was always this whole thing of, you know, you'd start to get into a normal flow with your kid at a certain, you know, whatever age they are, and everything's kind of seemed to go be normal. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you know, the, the child changes even just a little bit. And then your whole routine or your whole flow of like how you do things changes, and then you have to adapt to it. And then, you know, and, and like figure it out on. on and you're saying on, that on didn't happen in the UK? Well, no, I mean, it, it, it did. It, it's constantly happening. But what I'm saying is like, I never really had like the terrible two, like those kind of like big meltdowns, that kind of stuff. Right. But, but what I am noticing now is just, and I think it's just due again to him being older and being in a, you know, kindergarten situation, learning more, being around a bunch more, you know, different personalities and people and everything is that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm having more times of like, I don't you know, difficulty or just like trying to navigate through this kind of new awareness that he's having. And I have to remind myself like, you know, dude, I'm dealing with a six-year-old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm just curious, and Manny, like how how a parent have you know from when your daughter was like three up to eleven, how a parent were the were the, the changes. changes? Yeah, because I mean, even like trying to get him to tell me stuff or tell us stuff about his school day, like you know, he didn't even want to. And I'm talking about. I'm it. thinking damn that's supposed to start later on <laughs> like does it really start right. this early so uh, I, I need some insight on on that yeah uh, so <clears throat> here we go sorry got i got something ruined here that probably not going to be able to speak too much um so we we've had phases like you like you described that you haven't had we have definitely had them and you know starting with my 11 year old she she didn't quite have the terrible twos. It was kind of like a two to four, if if that makes sense, right? So, uh, well, I wasn't there for the two part, but when I came into the picture, you know, late threes, it was still happening, and it was you know so you had violent. terrible twos and threes. So she told, so my wife told me, you know, before we got together, it, it started at the two mark, but it proceeded to about deep into the year year four of her life so it was yeah it was a two-year spread that scares me it, <laughs> yo so no wait till i tell you about the other two you you're gonna you're gonna think twice about everything so she i mean it was it was wild but you started to see the pattern right so your situation k i think is is harder because there was never a pattern. And now that pattern might start to develop now at this age, but it's going to evolve so quickly because of how quickly he's, you know, kindergarten to first grade, there's a big jump and different things are, are coming down the pipe. So you're, for us, I would say 
it was a, a lot smoother, even though they were violent and erratic. But it, it almost always was tied to a need for rest at, you know, from two to four. Mm-hmm. So it was like as soon as that that violence hit or that that brattiness came about, it was like you could do two things. You could while out with them or you can remove them from whatever that situation is. Typically for us, it was like, all right, strap them in, in the car. Let's go for a ride. And in, you know, 20 minutes or so, kid was knocked out. When they came to, it was like a completely different child. So so that's what happened with her. My son, he started his terrible stage at one. And that Jeez. did at yeah. And that didn't really dissipate until about three. So we've been fortunate to have two year stints and not like the typical just the age of two. But so like with your daughter with the older daughter going through going through going through school um how have you i mean how noticeable have the the, the, the changes in per, by the way we're all on skype video and we're being ridiculous right now, so. yo yo what's the name of that dance e macarena every time i see so he's dance. doing the macarena while we're talking <laughs> just yeah. is that the kiki i don't know what that is <laughs> Oh the uh the the floss. The floss? No, that wasn't the no, floss. The, floss. Uh, okay. the one with the fist pump, I don't know what the hell it's called. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Kay. I'm no, sorry to interrupt. So I mean uh, yeah, so going through like the, the whole school transition and I mean, how easy was that for you to navigate or realize like, okay, she's in you know, she's in a different phase now, how are we gonna adjust to this? How do we kinda react to some of the things she's doing or not doing or you know she didn't used to do this kind of stuff like did you have you encountered a bunch of that is it assuming it's just constantly an ongoing thing so with with my oldest it's it's been it's always been better than we anticipated okay so you gotta you gotta for for me in my personal situation it's been comp everything's been compounded based on the moving that we've done so we've moved cross country twice and we would have expected her to have severe anxiety or you know detachment issues from her friends in the last place we lived and it hasn't materialized into anything of concern or anything that was wildly different or unexpected so we 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 actually always thanked her and congratulated her because like we were like we we'd see situations happen around her with like you know you hear parents talk about friends and issues and all this sort of stuff and she was always able to kind of navigate that on her own. But at home, it was always like, yo, listen, you can expect to have these things happen. You're a girl in this grade. Cattiness might come about. Um, you're going to have people gossiping all the time, talking all sorts of nonsense. So we kind of like prep her in some things. But like there's things that are normal that you're going to expect. Like your son comes home from school, doesn't really want to talk about the day. It, it happens every day. And I try to pick it out of my kids all the time. And they kind of give me like that, like, yeah, it was fine, whatever, and just keep it moving. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm getting now, too. Like, yeah, well, are we done talking about this? <laughs> right, right. But, but we found, like, in my son's case, for instance, he naturally comes around and something will trigger a memory from school throughout the day. And then he'll come and share something that happened. My, my kids are also very socially, uh, what's the word? 
they're they're outgoing right. kids and, and more yeah. integrated in the social, social aspect. They're social. They're, so, they're social. So in my case, and I, I don't know how your son is he's, by nature. Yeah, he's pretty social. Yeah. Oh, so then so then it is strange for you. Yeah, like but you know what? What you just said just reminded me because he like after he gets home and then he's done homework and he's like more in his home zone, then he becomes more talkative at least about what happened during the day. Like when we pick him up from school, because um, he tried to pull a fast one and he got he 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 got in trouble but didn't tell us that he got in trouble, and then we heard it from the teacher and then yeah. you know we busted it on on it and then then we implemented this. Uh, you know, you got to give us the five-minute recap every when we pick you up to find out what's going on, good and bad, or anything. You know, and it's like pulling teeth trying to get information out of it. But then later on in the evening, you know, he's kind of back to normal self and you know, giving up, giving up the goods and telling us stuff. So it's maybe it's just they just need a break from from the day to to unwind. I guess it's this is, I guess because I'm exhausting. Yeah, because I guess, I mean, think about ourselves, like, <laughs> I remember I would never, like, if my mom would ask me about stuff, I never really wanted to go into it, or even coming uh, back from work, and people say, oh, I was, yeah, it was great, <laughs> you know, and then you just kind of want to be done with it, so. That's, I think that's the perfect analogy, it's like, when you come home from work. Right. In my case, like, I, no. I would not that I would ignore the questions, if somebody asked me, like, how was your day, I give the canned, like, oh, it was good. I just wouldn't recall the day very, very well because right. I, I, I compartmentalize. I'm like, all right, the work day's done. I try to leave all that stuff at work and then I'm mentally preparing myself for the home. Right. right. So it's, it's got to be the same with the kids. But, but it is like there is a transition between them coming home and then getting more accustomed to being at home for that period of time. So I think this is a good transition into bringing our guest in because i believe he has uh an older daughter or some older kids so why don't we do that and get him into the conversation and then we can recap some of what what he's doing as well on the side all right so yeah we have uh our second guest on fatherhoods we got terminology what's up term what up what up what up what up, homie? Appreciate you, man. So, Term is a dope MC artist. Uh, been in the game for a minute. Got a lot of albums under his belt. L- Lawrence, Massachusetts. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. All town stand up. Yes, sir. You already know. And um, and he's been someone from from the jump who's been uh, perpetuating being a, a a good dad with his good dad gang. And I remember seeing that early on from Definitely. the beginning of your career. Um, yeah, man. We've been rocking for a while now. Yeah. So we're going to backtrack into that in a second, but I just wanted to bring you in on this conversation because we were just talking about, like, I, I'm having some, just some, not issues, but just new found Ex- experience. experience. Yeah. My my son is in kindergarten now and, you know, he's coming back and, you know, he's given some attitudes every now and then that are that are new to me, just feelings and stuff. So Manny has a 11-year-old and I believe... How old is your daughter? Well, how many kids do you have, Term? I got two daughters. I got one that's seven and I got one that's 14. Okay, so you're 14-year-old. I'm curious, like, how a parent has her changes been, like, kind of through the years and how you've been able to kind of navigate, you know, um, just 
maintaining a healthy relationship, assuming you do have a healthy relationship with her through, you know, kind of her changes and, you know, parenting skills and just kind of how, how that has unfolded for you? Yeah, we're tight, man. I was just hanging out with her last night. Um, we got a great relationship. Part of it, I think, you know, has to do with the fact that I had to fight so hard to have a relationship with her, you know, not being with her mom over all these years and uh, also being an entertainer that travels the world constantly. Um, I always had to make sure that she came first in a sense. So, you know, no matter what, when it was my time to pick her up, you know, I was always there to pick her up. I was there every holiday, um, you know, going back to school, all these type of things. So I think that uh, she saw how serious I took parenthood and she saw how hard I tried and some of the things I would do, like turning down uh, big shows and tours and things like that because it might have interfered with our relationship or certain things that might have meant a lot to her, her going to like dance or you know, when she was doing baseball or, you know, whatever it was she was doing throughout her life, I always try to be real present. And, um... My bad, I got planes flying yeah, around. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I heard it, I heard it, so I figured I'd let that pass. But yeah, man, we've we been cool, man. I think she understands how much I love being a dad and how hard I've, I've fought to be there for her. And, um, we, we, we never fight, man. We never, she's a great kid. I got really lucky with her. And uh, we have a great bond, man. Have you, um, so so this is interesting. So so because that you were not, um, I'm, there are times that you weren't seeing her or uh, not necessarily every day, depending on your schedule and whatnot. I mean, how apparent were, you know, the changes in her or the changes in her mood as she was going through school? And, you know, how quickly were you able to adapt it? Like, you know, staying on point with her so it didn't, you know, things didn't blow up? Well, yeah, it's crazy, man. It's You know, my little one, I live with her. So I'm in the house with her every day. You know, when I'm not on tour or out of town, I bring her to school. You know, I'll pick her up. I'll help her with her homework, things of that nature. With the older one, she lives with her mom and her mom's husband. So, you know, I played the weekend dad. And that's two That's two totally different dads, you know. I know how, right. I know how to be the weekend dad, and I know how to be the dad that's in the house. And uh, it's it's tough, man. You know they're both they're both tough because you wanna you wanna be with your kids all the time. You wanna know where they're at and feel like they're safe and be able to check on them. And that's kind of something that I lacked being the weekend dad, you know. But uh, but then you know with the little one, it brings on a, a lot more challenge because she's a lot more comfortable with me and uh, and she's not necessarily like, you know, savoring the moment and so excited to see me because she sees me every day. So she walk in and drop her back like, hi dad. Like, it's nothing. Whereas my other daughter would be, like, really excited to see me because she didn't see me all week until Sunday, daddy-daughter day. You know, so it's, it's cool, man. It's a cool it's a cool balance, but I got a great relationship with both of them. Um, What What is it like? So you mentioned your oldest has... By the way, this is Manny Digital. Thanks, uh, Manny. <laughs> uh, what is the, the dynamic when you have your oldest living with your, you know, your ex's husband... How, how does that relationship between you and, you know, and your ex and her husband as it relates to trying to keep that stable, you know, relationship with your daughter? It's bumpy, man. You know, it's never, you know, there's a there's a weird stigma in the air. You, you don't want nobody else raising your kid. Yeah. You know, but these, these are things that will be on my control. Like we had her at a young age. We were both very immature and we did some things that 
that got in the middle of uh, our relationship. So, um, you know, I had to just man up and deal with it. Like, okay, cool. She lives over there. There's, there's not a thing I could do about it. All I could do is be present and hold it down, you know. So, um, yeah, I don't got no issues with the mom or, or the stepdad. You know, I've taken it into, into consideration that they're raising her as well. And, you know, I'm a little older and a little wiser now. Maybe when I was younger, I might have been way more sour. But uh, as she's getting older, I think it's all about her future and just keeping a good, open relationship with the kid. Term, you said that uh, your youngest is seven years old, right? Yeah, what up, EF Finn? What's up, doggy? So, you know, I'm a new father. My my baby is uh, about to be five months old. So Congratulations. We, I, I hit you up on Twitter and congratulated you, too. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. So um, we, we were talking before you got on and, and we were trying to bring it to that. Is So we were talking about the different stages. So what I'm not looking forward to, if it happens, is, you know, how they say the terrible twos and all that crazy stuff. Did you go through that with your with your seven year old? Oh, she's the wild one. The little one. <laughs> the little one is the wild one. You know, um, I mean, I think it's a regular thing. You're going to feel it, man. You know what I'm saying? When they get independent, when they start learning how to use their mouth and tell you no and throw fits and all that, you know, all that good stuff, you're going to feel it, man. So it, it's it's all about having patience. And um, I think my parents showed me a lot what not to do. You know, they did a lot of things the wrong way. And mm. they kind of like, I think they kind of showed me what not to do. I never wanted to be that parent that was just slapping the shit out of my kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, we talked about that, that with, uh, with Static, actually. Yeah, I never really wanted to be, like, screaming on my kids all day like my mom did. But um, she was trying to raise a man, you know what I mean? So it was like, I guess that was the, the best way she knew how to do it. Um, me, I don't even yell at my kids. I don't hit my kids. You know, they respect me. I speak to them in a firm manner. But um, I'm also like their friend, you know what I mean? So I think in, in 2018, man, we, we're, we're very educated as parents and stuff. So, right. you know what I'm saying? You just got to have a lot of patience with kids. That's all. Did you have, um, when you were growing up, did you have both both your mom and your dad parenting, or was it split duties, nah. or how, how, how was I pretty it? Much, I pretty much grew up with my mom, okay. you know, just me and my mom, yeah. and my dad was, like, around, but he uh, he just worked a lot. He was always working. I didn't live with him, so he was doing the weekend dad thing where he would see me on Sundays or, you know, on the weekends, and... um. I ain't gonna lie, we just didn't have a good relationship, you know? We ended up getting cool as I got older when I became a man and I understood how hard he worked and that he was a man who was working 80 hours a week, 100 hours a week and paying his own bills and trying to help, you know, provide for the fam. So as I got older, I kind of understood why a little bit of why he was, like, so stern, All you right. know what I'm saying? And, uh, and we ended up getting cool. Now we're cool, you know what I mean? But as a kid, nah, he wasn't in the household. So it was a lot of resentment towards him because I, I would blame him for all the messed up things that we would be going through. Mm. So what was the inception for a good dad gang? And, and for those that are unaware, can you just tell everyone what, what, what it is, what you represent and how that came about? Uh, so good dad gang is a movement. It's also a clothing line. Um, we do backpack giveaways every year for the kids um, in uh, poor neighborhoods. We give away, hundreds of backpacks, school supplies, and uh, we just basically throw a party for them, you know, going back to school. If they rap or sing or dance, we let them perform for the people. We bring a DJ system out and, um, you know, ice cream, just all that good stuff, man, just giving back to the community. And um, this is our fourth year doing that. The company's been, is going on our fourth year. 
And it basically started out as a hashtag on Instagram. When I would hang out with my kids um, on the weekends, I would hashtag good dad again. And then it started picking up from there. And then people you know, started relating with it and running with it. And then um, people said, hey, you should make a shirt. So then I made a shirt. And I sold a whole bunch of shirts just off Instagram. And I said, all right, so now it's time to start the website and do the social media and do the trademarking and the copywriting and all that. And um, once I did that, it just really went to the next level where uh, it got to the Breakfast Club. And um, Charlemagne the God word on the Breakfast Club. Ludacris saw it from there. And then Ludacris started putting it on his gram. And then, uh, nice. you know, a ho- whole bunch of other celebrities, um, you know, started supporting me. Nori wore it on MTV. Um, Everlast from House of Pain started rocking it. And uh, just just a whole bunch of rappers and producers started rocking it, and then um, really like Bun B helped out a lot because once he wore it, it was it felt like the whole Houston bought a hoodie that day, you hmm. know. So um, it was cool, man. Social media, like I, I feel like people finally felt like there was something positive that they could look towards when it comes to like dads because dads get a bad rap a lot. So it's, it's cool that people like really um, they rock with it and they see it in a positive light and they want to promote it. That, that's uh, one of the I mean I think that's probably the main inspiration that we we used in order to start what we're doing here because uh, you know especially when it comes from the hip-hop angle because you hear anytime somebody says hip-hop and dad in the same sentence it's usually followed or, or preceded by a bunch of negative stuff right dad yeah, absent, sure. absentee scumbag you know you name it right and, and we know, especially with your movement, like we know that that's not always the case. And so we, we, we it usually we, isn't the case. It usually is not right. There's a lot yeah. of other things going down that prevent, you know, in some cases prevent the dad from seeing the kid. But it's not the, right. their intention. It's a lot of other forces. So, so with respect to good dad gang uh, term, you you mentioned you have these things that happen every year. I, I'm assuming that's in Lawrence. Is that right? Yeah, it's in Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, what's the? Do you have? like an ambitious plan to grow it or is it just kind of letting it naturally kind of do its thing nah it's both man I mean you know to the world I like uh, I like the movement is uh, it's, 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 uh, it's global you know what I mean we got people with there's 74 tattoos that I know of nice. people, people tattooed on their skin good dad gang they believe in it and that that's just people that have Instagram um, I'm sure there's many more out there, but it's it's real global, man. And um, I want to continue to do stuff like that for the community and continue to inspire people to be the best parent they could be, uh, especially going up in the 80s, you know, the crack era, uh, fresh off like Reaganomics and all that. We, we, we got hit hard, bad, where like all the people in, in hood communities, you know, I'm Puerto Rican, so, you know, Puerto Rican, Latino, black, or, you know, for just basically like, you know, people in the ghetto, um, all our fathers were getting locked up, you know what I'm saying? And our, our moms were uh, raising us by themselves. And, you know, people didn't know that how bad the crack was going to affect them. You know what I'm saying? So your mom would be on crack. Your dad's nowhere to be found. What are you going to do? You know what I'm saying? The next thing you're going to do is start rebelling. You're going to go out there and start running with a gang. You're gonna... So we, we just, I feel like our era, especially like my era, kids that were born in the 80s, um, we had it real, real rough with our dad, and um, these these new these new kids that I see now, they're good dads, man. They're taking care of their kids. All this, all the kids I see that are having kids now, 
And when I say kids, I mean younger, like, you know, 18, 19, 20. They're there. They're in the building. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're, they're very present in their kids' life. So I'm happy to see that things are turning around for the better. And like you said, um, a lot of times it's not that dudes don't want to be there. It's just that certain things are holding them back. Like they, uh, you know, they, things get physical with their with their lady and they don't want to get locked up or they get a restraining order or, you know, the mom moves away or, you know, they owe child support. So, you know, certain things get in the way. And some, some people are just deadbeat dads and they scum too. So I'm not here saying that all dads are good, but... I think that the narrative should be changed. So, you know, people like y'all changing it and we're changing it. And we just want to, you know, inspire people to be the best dad they could be. Did you have an immediate, like when you had your first daughter, um, did you have a, a pretty immediate click internally? Like, oh, this is my calling. Like, I'm, I'm supposed to be a good dad or I'm, I'm, I'm into parenthood or, or did it did it gradually happen? Because I... Cause I remember, didn't you have a, a a song about your daughter on your first album? Yeah, I did, man. Yeah. I was doing the I was doing the DJ Khaled first, man. I had, <laughs> I had my daughter on my single cover, bro. You could go back and see it, Circle of Life, two thousand five. Um, she was all iced out with two chains on and a polo vest and a polo skirt, and I had the big matching chain with the fly white polo suit, you know. But that was um that was something that I that I took pride in and. The day she was born, I was there in the hospital. I helped cut the cord and push on her mom's leg for her to come out. So I always felt like that's half my kid. I never felt like I wanted to be the weekend dad. I wanted to be the dad that was there every day. It was just I was dealt a different type of uh, cards, but I still loved her just as much as her mom, you know. So um, we we um we we went through some stuff, but I mean, yo, I love my kids, man, and I've been I've been about that good dad gang life since the day my daughter was born. What about I mean, you? Could, go ahead, man. Sorry, I, I was just say you could argue that you've been carrying her your whole life. So I mean, nine months, right? Ain't, yeah, ain't, ain't crazy, right? That's what I tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I was there, bro. I, she lived with me till she was nine months old. You know what I mean? Like she, I, I mean, nine months. You know, after she came out, she was nine months old, and then for one reason or another, her mom and I split, and um, so I had to go to court just to see her because her mom wouldn't let me see her. She was, you know, on some on some shit, and she was like, "Nope." Damn, you that's, know, the, that's gotta be tough, said, man. Jesus. But you guys oh, split. Yeah. You guys split immediately when she was born. Yeah, she was nine months old. You know, but um, it was it was tough, man. I cried every day. I went through a lot of stuff. I spent a lot of money on lawyers. I had to switch lawyers because I dropped money on one lawyer, and he didn't give me no visitation. They had me doing parenting classes. I was doing drug classes. I was doing all kinds of stuff, you know? So I really had to fight to be there for my kids. And um, that's something that I rub in these, these dudes' faces, Paul, is that when they when their kids live around the way and they don't go see their kids and they don't try, I'm like, bro, you know what yeah, some hard. people have to do to see their kids? Like, you use that. It's a privilege. You know, that kid is the best thing that ever happened to you. And, um, you know, you should go all out for your kids. And I, it's funny because I've seen a lot of people around the way who were taking advantage of their situation. And once Good Dad Gang started popping and they seen every single Sunday, they see me and they see all my other homies. Everybody, they cool with with their kids and what they're doing. Chilling on the block, doing drugs, playing video games. They started feeling like shit. Like, damn, I'm a bad dad. I can't even rep this Good Dad Gang thing that everybody else is repping. And now all of a sudden, I'm seeing them with their kids all the time. So I'm like, okay, it worked. Damn, that's dope. Yeah, it's like you said, it's changing the narrative at the end of the day. And, and that I think that goes a long way. 
and it changes it, it 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 destroys those negative cycles that keep perpetuating themselves absolutely brother yo but but on some on some fun shit right um you you got a 14 year old how does she look at you cuz it, it sounds like and i don't know your history all that well especially the beginning parts of it but it sounds like you had the, your daughter before possibly even before your major releases right so you're probably on a mixtape circuit or something and then you had an album probably after she was born how did given that she was kind of there at the very beginning and now she sees kind of where you are how does does she look at you any differently like does she cuz you've been present and you've also got this fame and you know and you you spit crazy does she have another an alternate sense of pride because of who you are outside of just being dad? It, well, she grew up around the hip-hop because I had her at 21. So, And then simultaneously, like right after I had her, I got my first record deal. So it was like we couldn't go to an amusement park. We couldn't go to the mall. We couldn't go anywhere without at least 5, 10, 20 people going oh terminology yo can i take a picture with you? yo it's terminology so she would she would like naturally get upset like dad why are these people always walking up to you so the the question would always be do you know him do you know him did you know right. him did you know her do you know them <laughs> you know, I, I think she kind of naturally got a little jealous of all these people sweating me and she didn't know why because mm. she was too young to understand but um as she got older i think um she just realized that i'm an entertainer and that's all she's ever known me to do. I never had a job her entire life. All I ever did was rap. And uh, especially with Remy, the littler one. I mean, by the time she was born, my celebrity was just was much way out of here. Like, I got mad videos and pictures of her watching me on MTV. Every time my video be on MTV jams or, you know, stuff like that. We all jumping up and down in the living room laughing. Ah, dad's on TV. So it's like, it, it's cool, man. They've been raised around hip hop and they got it in their soul. So it's not something really I had to force on them or push on them. They're just that's the only dad they know. What about it? So talking about music, and we've had this convo a couple a couple different times. As far as the content in the music, I mean, and you got a fourteen year old. How um, I don't know how to, how do you govern that? Do you let them listen to whatever. Have you been? Did you introduce them to certain things, or you know, how how do you go about nah. that? So really, right? I always try to keep. Because, like I said, I had to go to court to see my daughter. You know what I mean? So I always try to keep my music away from my daughter because the reality of my music is raw. You know what I mean? I'm from the streets. So, like, what you're going to hear in my music is street shit. You know what I mean? So I always try to, I never wanted to show my daughter anything with curses or anything of that nature until she shows up and she gets in my car and she's like, drop top, bring up. <laughs> Your girl's like, and I'm like, oh, you know that song? She's like, yeah, I know that song. Everybody sings that on my bus. And I'm like, okay, so if you know every word to that song, then you know everything I'm rapping about because you already, the songs you like is, is synonymous. It's exactly the same thing I'm talking about. It's just these new rappers are doing it with different beats and different flows, but they're saying the same shit we were saying. Yeah. We out here, you know, we, we the fly dudes get the chicks. We got all the cars. We got the jewels. We, we got the weapons and shorty shorty's like us we gangsta you know what i'm saying and it's like she understands what it is because she listens to rap so she not my type of rap but she listens to whatever a 14 year old will listen to all the lils like 15 lils right right 
But let me ask you something, Term. When you had your your children, and it could have happened with the first one, it could have happened when the second one, what, it could have happened at any stage, but did it ever happen that you changed or second-guessed what you were rhyming about or the lifestyle that you were living? Did, did anything ever change? Always, man. Um, a lot, because, you know, my favorite rapper is Big Pun, right? right. So everybody knows that Big Pun, he started out on some satanic devil work. Right, right. Murderer, drug dealer. Right. I'm Puerto Full Rican of clips. I gotta, you know, I got to show <laughs> yeah. people that Puerto Ricans ain't pussy, and we belong in this culture, too, and we get right. Puerto Ricans no slashing. Like, so, you know what I'm saying? I came straight out the gate with a crew called ST. It was 10 of us, and we was thugging it. You know, we was going to shows strapped up and, and rapping about what we was living. So with all that, it was hard to, to, to come home and just try to front and be like this super wholesome, nice guy. When the second I dropped her off, it was it was a it was a chance that I was about to get into some crazy shit right around the corner, you know what I mean? Because that's just how we grew up. But um, I guess as I got older, I tried to like change my subject matter, and that helped me with being more conceptual and opening my mind and getting away from just battle rapping and just street rapping and just gangster shit. It helped me write songs about like you know literature and like history and conceptual records about even my kids. I have several records about my kids. I have records about drug drug abuse and, uh, you know what I'm saying, all that type of shit, your finances and, and all that. So I um, definitely had to switch up the subject matter a little bit, you know what I mean? You attribute I, that more to, to aging or to the or to children or the, having both. your children? It's both. really okay. both. Um, but if I didn't have my daughters, I think I would just still be on some old dirty bastard. Yeah, no, I feel you. You know yeah. what I mean? I think I would just be wilding because it was like, I mean, I think I'd be better in jail without the girls. They saved me. Yeah, know? I think it's, I, there's a big difference I, there, I not bugging. having some responsibility. Yeah, I was bugging. Like, before I had the, my, my daughter, I was I was straight bugging, you know, and I think you guys understand what I'm saying. I don't really have yeah. to spell it out for you, but yeah. I was doing every everything that could send you to jail for a long time. And then um, after I had her, I was like, yo, I got to stop doing all this stuff because I'm not going to be there for my kid. And I didn't want to repeat the cycle, and I didn't want to break her heart the way I felt when I didn't see my dad for six months. My dad's in Puerto Rico doing who knows what. And I'm stuck, you know what I'm saying, in the hood, starving with no heat, just my mom, you know, on some other shit. You know what I mean? So I never wanted to ever feel like that, and, um, and, and it made me change for the better. How do they, ta- how do they take to your travel schedule? I mean... Um... Did, did they? Uh, well, I mean, it's probably a little harder on the on the younger one at this point, unless she's just used to it. Yeah, they they um, it's a little tough on them. Like let let's say the last three weeks, I went to Cuba. I was in Cuba for uh for four days, and then right when I got back from Cuba, I stayed in New York for four days, uh, recording with Static, and then right from there, I flew to Amsterdam for four days, and then I just got back. You know what I mean? So um. It's a little tough on them, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes they don't see me for a while because I'm doing music, but I always FaceTime them every night, say goodnight at 8 o'clock. And, uh, you know, the older one, she's she's cool now. She she got a lot of friends, and she's too cool for school. So sometimes mm-hmm. I'll just shoot her a text and make sure everything's cool. Um, but Sundays is like dad day. It's kind of like, you know, a lot of people use Sunday as Lord's Day. Um, that's cool too, but I use it as dad day. It's kind of an unwritten rule that... Unless I got a paid show or something very important, I'm going to be home to see them on a Sunday. Dope. 
what what's that you know maybe this is kind of too personal but like what's that real like consistent dad bonding moment like with with and it might be different between your eldest and your youngest like outside of just getting together on a sunday like what is that you guys gravitate toward doing that's special that's between y'all that uh, might be different than you know just a casual day with them i think just spending time man spending time with them is all they want you know they want to open up to you they want to be your best friend so unfortunately the weekend you know the weekend that it's a little it's a little tough being the weekend that because all you all you can do is pick them up around noon and you, you you know you take them to get lunch and then ice cream and maybe hit the mall and then you know it's time to drop them back off you know what i'm saying so with that it's a little tougher but um you know, I like to have conversations with them. I like to, uh, with my little daughter, we play a game where, like, I'm trying to teach her Spanish because mm. I'm Puerto Rican and I grew up not knowing Spanish because I didn't grow up with my dad. So, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I try to, you know, me and her mom are both Puerto Rican. So we try to teach her Spanish. Um, so we play a game where it's like, okay, cool. Do you know this word? Do you know that word? All right, cool. You know, do you, remember this word and say it back. Yo, let's That's let's play right now, bro. Let's just <laughs> let's just go. <laughs> Why no you need doubt, to learn right? Spanish, man? <laughs> I mean, no doubt. But it's a I can always game. sharpen it. It's a fun game, and like you know, I basically promised her at the beginning of the year, like, hey, if you learn Spanish by the end of the year, I'll give you a hundred dollars. So she's oh. like, she wants that hundred dollars. That's know a good I mean? incentive. So she, yeah, so she's hype. You know what I'm saying? A hundred dollars ain't nothing. You know what I mean? That's that's a couple of drinks with the fellas when you go out, but um. But yeah, to her, it's it's it seems That's a like a fortune for a little kid. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a million dollars to her. Right. And like once she memorizes the words, I'll be like, hey, okay, here's ten. Now I just owe you ninety, you know, stuff like that. To uh, to just you know, just keep it fun and keep it interactive. We play board games and stuff. We play Monopoly, watch movies together. Um, well, I bought her a bike so we could go. You know, we go on bike rides together. We play soccer sometimes. We play basketball. We just, man, you know, it's just about hanging out with them and having fun. Going back to the weekend dad thing real quick. Did you ever feel or were there awkward moments on those weekends where maybe she was changing or growing up so quick? And, you know, because I feel like the kids, like in a matter of a couple of days, if I go on a trip and just a matter of a couple of days, I'm coming back and, you know, it's almost like a new person is there. Did And I'm thinking back to like, I didn't you know i didn't really see my dad too often when i was growing up and so maybe once a year if that for for a long period of time and i always just remember as a kid like those kind of awkward moments where you're trying to like figure out things to talk about but then and and now now looking back i'm thinking well damn as he he as the dad he must have been feeling awkward like damn you know i I don't even know him that well Like, like what the fuck do i you know what I mean? Did you you experienced any of that stuff, or just that kind of awkwardness of, of feeling like missing out? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, you know, my first big tour was with Red and Meth, and I was gone for sixty days. And um, this was before uh, FaceTime, and her mom and I didn't have a good relationship. So when I would call the house, she wouldn't pick up purposely. You know, she always felt like if I should quit rap so I could be there for the kid more. But that was more like out of spite. Um, 
So, you know, I would go weeks without talking to her. And um, she would cry, you know, and when I would get back, she would be upset. And um, so, you know, sometimes it got a little stale and a little weird. But the good thing is the love was always there. So we were always able to repair it. But there was um, there was definitely times where she had resentment. And like you said, it would be like that awkward ride where we're in the car and nothing's being said because, you know, she really wants to tell you how she feels, but she don't want to like mess up the moment or maybe she's too shy or too scared to to confront a man at a young age being a, a kid or a young lady. You know what I'm saying? So um, I've always taken that into consideration when I'm with her. If she's ever quiet, I say, hey, is there anything on your mind? Is there anything you want to talk about? And, you know, once in a while, she'll she'll let something come out and most of the time not, you know. So just if she feel like being quiet, I'll just give her her space. Um, but, yeah, I definitely felt that, man. And me and my dad went through that a lot because I, Monday through Friday, I'm in the projects with my mom and my mom's struggling. And all her friends is like, fuck your dad. He's a piece of shit. He don't help mm. your mom. He don't come around. And that's all I'm hearing. You know what I'm saying? So when I see him, I'm like, fuck this dude. You know what I'm saying? And um. Right. And that and that was tough because he he might have just been working so much. He, it might have not been a personal. He wasn't trying to be like a super asshole. It's just it, he was the best person he knew how to be at the time. Um, but yeah, man, that helped me be nothing like him though, for sure. That it's interesting actually. So I'm in the kind of a similar boat. Like, well, maybe not as as dire as as your situation, but like I took whatever examples I saw from what i didn't think was the right you know path from my my upbringing and went the opposite route but you find that most people that i encounter anyway you see the cycle repeat itself and so it's something that i always ask myself and like people like you like how do you stay the course and really allow for you know those examples that were negative in your upbringing to to fuel you being the opposite yeah, it just it was natural because I went through such a rough childhood and my, my father was so absent that I just, without it being said, I just knew it. I just knew that I didn't want her to ever feel like that about me. And I didn't want to ever feel that way. Like, that's your kid. You love your kid. If you go one day without seeing your kid, it should hurt you. You should be yeah. upset. You should be wondering, what's up with my kid? Is my kid all right? How's he feeling today? Is she feeling today? Do they need anything? And, um... If you're not, I mean, you got to check your priorities. Straight up. Yeah. Uh, I need some advice, uh, term, because you got a 14-year-old and puberty's a motherfucker. <laughs> my, my, my 11-year-old... So, I had a scare. I had a scare a couple of days ago. So, we, my, my daughter plays basketball. So, we were at a tournament out in Long Island, and she... She finished the game and she was looking kind of odd, like moody, like more than normal. And she just finished the game. Granted, they lost the game, but like it was kind of different, right? Like it wasn't like, oh, I lost and I feel bad about it. It was just a very weird vibe. And she was kind of stank, which is not normally who she is. And I turned to my wife and I'm like, yo, what's going on with her? And and she, my wife turns to me and she's like, yo, it might be... She might be getting the thing. And I was like, yo, I'm not coming home. If that's what, because she hasn't had her, her menstrual cycle yet at all. So I'm assuming, and maybe I, I, I don't think I'm wrong at this stage, but like, how, 
how did you go through that phase? And granted, I know you're a weekend dad, but still, that's got to create some sort of. And that might make it even awkward to talk about it. It's the probably, weekend aspect yeah, of it. It probably does. Like, how how did that yeah. whole thing play itself out for you? I got lucky because I have a lot of women in my life, you know. So I think my mom. I was raised by my mom. I've uh, got a very good relationship with my little sister, who's her aunt. Um, you know, my girl now at the time is basically her stepmom. So all these people were able to see the signs before me. And mm. I was able to basically duck having the awkward conversation with her. And, uh, her, you know, her mom hit me, hit me one day when I said, hey, I bought, you know, I'm bringing the kids to Coco Keys. And she said, oh, she don't she don't like swimming. She don't want to go swimming. You know, so I brought her anyway, hoping that she would get over the fear of water, not right. thinking that, not thinking nothing. And oh. then we get, we get to Coco Keys and she's not getting in the water. So I'm getting mad. I'm like, yo, get in the water. Yeah. Yo, we, you mean come all the way over here for you not to get in the water? And she, I don't want to swim. That's it. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I let her be. And then later her mom hit me like, hey, you know, she didn't want to go swimming because she's a growing girl and she she's going some, through some things. And I, I took the hint, you know. So after that, I never asked her to ever go swimming again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I don't know if y'all seen the movie Carrie, but, you know. Like, nah, Damn. You don't want to be that. You don't want to be that person. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, giving them traumatizing. Oh, we said You don't want to give them traumatizing situations. Like, I just want to be a friend, you know? So I'm just here to support her. But um, I got lucky enough to, to never have to have that convo with her because my mom, my sister, my girl, everybody kind of, like, held me down on that. You know what I'm saying? So I never really had to go there with her. Yeah, that's a, that's actually a good point. That might be that might be something for your wife to hold down. You know what I'm saying? If you feel like if she feel like she want to talk to you about it, then cool. But I think you might want to let your wife handle that one. No, my wife already knows. Keep me out of that whole. Situation. <laughs> I don't want to know weird. nothing. It's weird. It's weird. Have you had to going back to lyrics real quick and, and music? Have you had to sit down with uh, well your your older daughter and and kind of break down? To some of like the sexual nature and some of the lyrics and some of the songs that she's listening to or kind of just give her the real deal on on some of this stuff or have you just kind of left that alone i mean um you know like i was saying you know where she you know she listens to lil pump and she listens to uh you know what's lil pump's latest song the one with kanye oh uh, love love it. oh yeah i love it or yeah, I love I it. Love I love it. it. Yeah. You know, I'm a sick yeah. fuck. I like the quick fuck. I'm yeah. a sick fuck. I like my dick suck. Right, right. So she she come to my crib like, hey, dad, you heard the little pump? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't really got to explain to her what I'm talking about in my raps because the rap she listens to and she hears on her phone or on TV or on the bus or, you know, on the radio. It's it's already that. You know yeah, what but saying? not necessarily it's, your yours, but like those songs, for example. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, the, are you talking to her at, at all very, well i think she's very aware of who i am as a person because i've i've been very transparent with her from the beginning because i didn't want to lie to her you know she asked me one time like hey dad is it true you sold drugs and i was like yeah you know that's what i had to do when i was younger i didn't know any better and i was you know that's the route i chose you know so that's why people might tell you that or you heard about that you know, she never asked me, like, about the sexual stuff. I think she's too shy right. or just that's too much information for her. 
Do you ever to feel? Care about it. Do you ever feel like, damn, like when she comes in singing that, like, fuck, I wish she wasn't listening to that. <laughs> that song. I mean, she didn't sing it. She just asked me if right. I heard it, which was enough for me to know yeah. that when she's with her friends, she's singing it. Right. right you know. Right. But she did, like I said, she did do the Migos one. Like, we were in the car and just raindrop, drop top, fucking on your bitch. She a thot thot, and she's just <laughs> editing, she's editing out the, the the fucking on your bitch, but she's right. saying thot thot. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I know I know when she's when she's with her friends, she's singing it. And that was enough for me to, for me to be like, ah, right, yo, she knows exactly what's up. So you didn't trip. You didn't trip. You were just like, oh, okay, I know she's. No, I was taken back by it because I'm like, wait, right. this is my little baby. Like, what do you wait? What? <laughs> right. You doing, who doing what? You know what I'm saying? But then I thought about it and I was like, man, I was nine years old listening to the Chronic. Right. Which is probably worse than anything that's out. You know what right. I mean? We was all bitches ain't shit, but hoes and tricks lick on the nuts, suck the dick. When they seven on a motherfucking cop, you know what I'm saying? So we were just thinking <laughs> some corrupted shit at nine. So I think uh, at fourteen, you know, you're becoming a little, uh, in a, a little lady or a little a young man, and you're becoming an adult, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be present regardless whether I want her to know about it or not. Two live crew. Hey, we want some pussy. What was that? Circa '87, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. Exactly. Oh, man, I was a shorty listening to that shit. Kids are gonna do what they're gonna do. When I was fourteen, I already had a demo. Yeah. No? Shit, I was making tapes already. Yeah. Damn, yo. I'm just. <laughs> well, I, you got, I'm, you, just, you got, nah, I'm just thinking, man. Like shit. I'm yeah, just, yeah. I can't shake this period thing. Yeah. Yeah, you got three more years, bye-bye. <laughs> Make a song about it, man. <laughs> Make a song about it. <laughs> yeah. And see, y'all, how about this one? Y'all want to hear some crazy shit? She came because my daughter just started high school, right? So this is what last month she started high school. Um. And she came home and she's like, oh, there's so many people that's pregnant in my school, oh, in my class. Oh, oh. That shit fucked me up, you know. Whoa. But but it also didn't because I'm like, I remember the girls being pregnant in school when I was a freshman, yep. you know. So I was like, it ain't shit changed, you know. It just fucked up when you think about your own kid doing it. Yeah. But, yeah, but sometimes we... that, that helps uh, deter because that happened with my, my goddaughter. Her, her cousin actually got pregnant. And they were the same age. And I almost feel like that deterred her from ever, you know, going that route because she saw the struggle firsthand. Right. We have a lot of conversations about getting out of the hood, getting your passport, seeing the world, different countries. What is it like in different countries? Politics, um, you know, all that stuff. I, I talked to her about things that her I'm not going to say her mom don't talk to her about, but her mom talked to her about different subjects and her mom has a different perspective than me. My perspective is totally different, so I'm always pushing her to say, hey, you can do anything that you want to do. You don't have to be stuck in Lawrence. I know your mom bought a house in Lawrence, and she does well for herself in Lawrence, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with loving your hood, but you can move to L.A. You can move to Paris. You can move to New York City. You can go anywhere you want. I'm, I'm constantly drilling that into her mind because nobody drilled that into my mind. You know, my parents still live where they grew up, where they were born. You know what I'm saying? And that's nothing wrong with that, but it's just I have a different vision for who I am and who I want my kids to be. So I'm always drilling that into her mind. Like, yo, you can do anything you want to do in the whole world, anything you want to do, anywhere you want to go, whatever you want to be. And I'm constantly drilling that in her mind. So I think with the whole pregnancy thing, um, you know, I think I hope and I think that's something that she's not ready for and she's scared of because she sees what I've been telling her and she told me like I want to move to LA when I get older I want to do XYZ and I'm like okay well make sure you stick to that and not stick to the boys 
Right. Uh, that's that's the way you Connor. You're like you avoid the boys, you get to LA. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like you know, see the world a little. You know what I mean? Don't be yeah. tying down the first thing and feeling like you gotta be stuck where you where everybody else is stuck. You know, look at me. I'm I just went to three countries just this month, and you know, you yeah. can do anything you want to do. Like there's nothing holding you back except for yourself. Don't step on your own feet. And on that note, <laughs> for sure. Good shit, man. <clears throat> yep. Yo, Term, thank thank you, man. We appreciate you. No doubt, man. I appreciate you guys, man. Thanks for having me, man. If you guys make some merch, you got to give me some so I can promote it on the Good Dad Gang page. Oh, of course. We, sure. we, we need those Good Dad Gang hats. Yeah, yeah I've been we... supposed to send something to EFN. I still got your address, family. I'm going to list you guys. Send it through. And you'll be a regular on this show. We need you back, man, to check in every so often. Anytime. I know a lot of good dads, too, man, over the years. So I'll, I'll plug you in with whoever I could. Hey, Let's um, do it, man. If you uh, want to let people know where they can find you or Good Dad Gang and all that good stuff. No no doubt. Yo, my name is Terminology. You can follow me, Terminology ST, on all social media. The brand is Good Dad Gang. And you can purchase uh, the clothing at gooddadgang.com. The movement is Good Dad Gang. All right? Thanks for having me. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. You got an album that just came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. That, too. I got a lot going on, bro. <laughs> bad, bad Decisions, right? Yeah. The new album is called Bad Decisions. It's out now on all streaming platforms. You can also purchase the vinyl. You can buy the CD. We got socks with the album cover on the socks. So, you know, if you want to uh, get any of that, you can visit TerminologyMusic.com. I'll autograph it for you and send it right to you. And you celebrating the anniversary, right, of the first? Yeah, 10-year anniversary was yesterday of my baby, Politics as Usual, um, you know, which is a very, very special project. Congratulations. You know, I, was, I was able to, uh, 10 years ago today, I was able to grab all the greatest producers, which I thought were the greatest producers, DJ Premier, Pete Rock, Easy Mo B, Large Professor, The Alchemist, Havoc, High Tech, Knots, and uh, I was able to put them all on one project. And this is coming from a poor kid who grew up with nothing. You know, I was able to make this very expensive, incredible album um, and bring it to the masses and tour it. And people love it, man. To this day, 10 years later, they're still streaming it. They're still playing it. So you could check that out right now on all streaming platforms as well. Dope. Congrats. Dope. Indeed. Thank you, fellas. Hey, hey, yo, EFN, you're a totally different guy on Drink Champs. (laughs) (laughs) You know it. You know it. I'm Papa EFN here. Hey, yo, what was that drink we had, brother? Which one? The fucking... There's so many drinks we have. Not Tiger Bone. The Tiger Bone. Oh, my God, brother. I'm still the Tiger Tiger Bone champion. Tiger Bone, man. But, yeah, come back and we'll have some more of that nasty shit. Absolutely, man. All right, thanks for having me, fellas. All right, man. All right, peace. Later, guys.